This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Matthew chapter 4, open your Bibles, uh, verses 1 through 4. And we talked about last week how Matthew is a book written to the Jews, so it has oftentimes steeped in it references or layers that's communicating to a Jewish mindset. If you go to the book of Matthew, it's often comparing what the Jews went through from being delivered from Egypt all the way until they made it to the promised land. And they compare that, Matthew does, with the life of Christ. So as the Jews were delivered from Egypt, as the Jews went through the Red Sea, so Jesus was baptized. As the Jews wandered in the wilderness and went into the desert, so Jesus also went to the desert, the wilderness, to be tempted. And today we're going to focus on that aspect of Jesus' life. Here in verse 1 it says, And then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. That was scary, but I know I'm ready for it. (laughs) Now let's look at this word right here. This word led is very interesting because it's actually not led. Now, even though it was communicated led, hopefully the interpreter thought this was the best way to convey it, but the word is actually vomited. It's actually trying to indicate violence. It's the same word when it references a lukewarm Christian in the book of Revelation. It said, I will spew you, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's what it's saying here. Jesus wasn't, hey, um, I think that's the spirit telling me that. No, Jesus was violently driven into this time of testing in the wilderness. It wasn't anything he had a choice in the matter. He couldn't make it a say, no, no. He was told and forced and compelled by God's Spirit to go into the wilderness to be tempted, to be tested. By who? By Satan. We have to understand that if you consider yourself a Christian, Satan is a reality. A lot of times people say, hey, I believe in God, but the rest, ha-ha. There is a literal enemy of your soul who has an intellect. He's been here for thousands of years, and his job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's had over 6,000 years to do that. And he knows your weaknesses. He knows your temptations. Why? Because they are his. He's just tempting you with the stuff he likes. He tempts us all with this one thing. You could be God's God. If you want to know what the root of all temptation is, hey, you could do your own thing. Hey, you could be the perfect person. People have to worship. Now, you may not be saying that or even subconsciously necessarily thinking that, but that is the nature of all sin, that you don't need God, that you could be independent of God. 
And God doesn't know better, but you do. The devil. In verse 2, it says, And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterwards, he was hungry. We talked about the Jews being in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus attempted 40 days and 40 nights. There's a couple of temporal words we have to focus on here. Look at this. It says, then. And then it says, when. And then it says, afterward. And then it concludes, now. The author is trying to communicate timing is very important here. This is a strategic move by Satan that Jesus was, in a sense, led into by God's Spirit. Satan has laid a trap for Christ. And Satan is going to try to see how strong Jesus is. He leads off with this first volley, this first jab, this first right hand. And he says, hey, after the tempter now came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God. I'll say this is another area where you got to kind of wrestle with the translation because it wasn't a conditional cause and effect. When you get to this word in the Greek, it's either if or since. And since is always an indication of a conclusion, an indicator of conclusion. He's not making him doubt if he's God's son. Jesus knows he's God's son. That's not a temptation. But he's trying to say, because you are God's son, this is what you need to do. And what did he say? If you are the son of God, or since you are the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Why is this a temptation? Satan, I believe, is kicking the tires. Is it a sin to eat bread? No, he's already fasted 40 days. I think Satan's coming in to try to say, can I get him to bite? Can I get him to move? He's already fasted 40 days. He's hungry. And now Satan is coming in to see, can I get him to do what I want? The word devil comes from the word diablo, which is like a wrecking ball. And what the word picture is trying to say is Satan doesn't have any other tactics. He just keeps doing the same thing over and over again. If you've overcome a sin in your past, understand Satan's going to come back on that, that very same vein. If you over, overcome lying, there's going to be opportunity for you to lie again. If you overcome sexual addiction, he's going to come back with that. Drug addiction. It doesn't matter what the sin is that you may be wrestling with, lying, adultery. It doesn't matter. He will come back because he knows your weaknesses. And if those things worked in the past, he's like, why don't you the wheel? Satan thinks he has time. He knows you're weak. He'll just keep hitting until he finally breaks through. And Satan says, hey, make these stones into bread. He said, eat. Was it, would it be a sin for Jesus to eat? Not necessarily, but the Spirit led him there, so it may be. There, there's a lot of questions there, but the one thing Satan's trying to do is influence him to do what he wants. But this is how Jesus responded. He said, it is written. You know, Jesus didn't call angels. He didn't pull out his gun. He didn't pull out his Muay Thai techniques. He didn't pull out some Conor McGregor or his Mayweather. It doesn't matter who with the box. I'm a Roy Jones. I'm not a Mayweather fan. Roy Jones techniques, Mike Tyson. He didn't pull out Bruce Lee techniques. He didn't do any of that stuff. He went to the Word. Because that's how we fight against God's enemy. When people start quoting the Word, that's them being strong. But oftentimes, you may be like me where people get on you. Man, you're quoting the Word too much. You're weird. 
And, and honestly, I, did, I changed my behavior because I was one of the guys, I was running all the time, because I knew the word. But people said, ugh, that's, that's putting me off. Don't quote those scriptures to me so much. That's be more than just the text. But this is how we win the war. This is how we fight against Satan. But if you don't know the scriptures, you have nothing to pull out at all. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. See, you have to understand, Jesus had fasted. So right now, he's not going to respond via his flesh. His right now, his flesh is completely weak. And his spirit man is strong. This is the problem. Oftentimes, people say, I'll never fast. Now, we understand that you have to be careful when you fast. You can't just do a 40-day fast. Who, who, who knows? You can't do a 40-day fast without bread. You can't just do it. You have to prepare for a 40-day fast. And you have to drink water at least what every what? If you don't drink in three days, your body starts to shut down. Now, if you do want to fast, after three days while still drinking water, you have no food, it'll get easier after three days. But day one and two, oh, it's like murder. It's like, oh, I have to eat. And then you realize, man, I'm just living my life to eat. I'm waking up thinking about bacon and eggs. It's lunchtime. Is it not lunchtime, right? But when you begin to fast, you begin to quiet the voices of your flesh. Satan has come to Jesus when he's most prepared. Right now, Jesus is all spirit man. And he's able to respond in such a way that his desires that are in his flesh, even though Jesus doesn't have a sinful flesh, he still has flesh because he was made in the form of a servant. He's able to respond via God's word. That's why when you need answers from God, what's the one thing most people do when they need answers from God? They begin to fast because they want to get their voice of their flesh out of the way so they can hear God's spirit in their spirit. So he goes on to say, verse 5, it says, then the devil took him up into the holy city. So it's over. That temptation is done. Jesus responded with the word and Satan's like, okay, I can't get him there. But now look at what Satan does. It says, then he, the devil took him up into the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple. We don't know how Satan did this, but Satan has the ability to do this. He actually moved Jesus from one geographical location to another. Now Jesus is up on the holy city. And he, the Satan, says to him, if, once again, since you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now, who is saying, for it is written? Satan. The devil is quoting the Bible. He's had years to read it. He knows it. But watch how subtle and slick and smooth he is. He's telling Jesus to throw himself off. Why? Because what he's saying is, Jesus, if you throw yourself off the temple and God catches you in midair, everybody will say, oh, he's the Messiah. Look, look at that miracle. That's amazing. That could only be the Messiah. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands, they will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Satan stops right there. Because if he would have continued with the verse, it would have contradicted everything Satan was telling Jesus to do. See, first, 
Satan, in a sense, tempted Jesus to see he had influence. And then Jesus responded with a text. And then Satan came back with another text to say, ha! But then Jesus responded with a context in order to say this is what's really going on. You say, it's not enough just to know what the Bible says. You have to understand what it says in context. I was in a seminary class where the professor said this. People take the Bible and make it say whatever they wanted to say. There's a scripture that says, Judas went and hanged himself. And he took another scripture that says, you go and do the same. And what he was trying to say is you can make the Bible say whatever it wants to say. There's also scripture in the Bible that says, hey, you will have all these promises and all this gold. You'll receive all these blessings from God. But the context is during judgment. You can't just take a scripture and say, hey, this is mine. You have to understand the context of every single scripture in which is given. The favorite scripture, the one people blow up the most. And I'm not, please, I'm not trying to look, I'm saying I was the same dude. I, I blew up scripture when I was younger all the time. Jeremiah 29, 11. Does anybody know what that scripture says? For I know the what? The plan I have for you, right? To give you a what? And a what? A hope in the future. Do you understand the people who that promise was made to were in slavery the entire time? They never saw freedom. It wasn't even for the ones who heard it. It was for their kids. And people today take that scripture and say, I know the plan, the Lord has plans. And you're like, but that scripture's not for you. It's okay to be inspired, to be encouraged, but understand the context. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not, honestly, I'm not trying to come, I don't know everything. I don't know a lot. I just do know that if you take a scripture out of context, it does not mean what you may think it means. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you should not tempt the Lord your God. That's how Jesus won that fight. He threw another scripture out there. And then the verse say, and again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain. And showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And look at what Satan says here. All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. This is one of the more controversial scriptures in all the Bible because people say, is this a genuine temptation? Could Satan tempt him with a temptation? Not really a temptation. But you have to understand the book of Daniel. Whenever Nebuchadnezzar was humble, the angel of the Lord said to Nebuchadnezzar, you are going to stay in this state, the scripture says seven times, meaning seven months. You're going to have hair like a bird and fingernails that are wild. You're going to be a wild man. You're going to lose your mind for seven months. And during that time, you're going to stay there until you realize the Lord is the one who's over all the kingdoms of the earth. And he alone sets up who's in power and who's not in power. Now, this is really cool. Because I know that scripture. I know here that Satan is not even tempting with something that's genuine. It's a lie. Satan is lying to Jesus at this point. Saying, if you do this, don't you know Satan does that? If you commit this sin, if you take this shortcut, that's all he's tempted. Because remember, Jesus is going to inherit all this, right? After the cross. And Satan's like, Go around the cross. Come to me and get it now. 
Isn't that what sin does at times? If we take this short, if we do it our way, then you know what? We'll get pleasure. And we have to trust God, even through the pain, that in the end, it'll work out best. It says, Jesus responded, away with you, Satan. That's the last one. I can't hear it anymore. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. It says, then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and ministered to him. And we can go on and on there because another version of it says that Satan came back at a more opportune time to tempt Christ. We know this is not the last confrontation Satan has with Jesus, but we have to understand this is how Jesus won this battle. He responded with the Word of God in context, and that's how you're going to win for yourself. You have to respond with God's Word in context, and it's your responsibility to do so. No one can help you at that moment. Now, you may be able to call the pastor from time to time or your small group leader, but nevertheless, you have to understand it's your responsibility. Got a couple points and we're done for the day. Point one, Jesus taught us that through proper use of the Scripture, one can resist being tempted by Satan. Now, I'm the type of guy, I know that if I had had a problem in the past, I'm not going to wait until I'm at the point where I'm about to fall into sin before I ask for help, right? You got to understand, know yourself, know your triggers, know your weaknesses. Don't wait until you're about to sin and ask for help. When you start having thoughts, Remember, the whole fight Satan had with Jesus was about thoughts. And that's where the battlefield is. If you start having thoughts that are opposed to God, go to the Word then. Don't wait till you're about to move. Go now. Next point. Time you put in trying to understand and apply God's Word to your life. I remember when I was trying to prepare to play football. I'm telling you, I would give myself the practice. I'm from West Virginia. I was running hills every day. I was training and training because I trained all the time. When it was time to perform, I was proficient. But a lot of Christians expect themselves just to perform without any preparation. How do you expect to perform if you have not prepared? As soon as you leave here today, you will be tempted. You will be tested. You will be tried. It happens every day. Are you preparing to perform with perfection? Next point. Develop your ability to skillfully use God's Word. Jesus was like a ninja. He was like a samurai. He was using God's words in specific way to block and to attack you have to be able to use God's word skillfully because Satan is going to use his skillfully as well. It's up to you. No one can give you this ability. It's something you have to, over time, develop through habits. And what originally starts off as clunky, hopefully eventually becomes something natural. Why do we need to know God's word? So we can resist temptation. The more you know the Bible, the less you will fall into sin. The more you know the Bible, the less you will fall into sin. Because we're saved, understand that we're not going to be judged because of our sins. God has 
eradicated it. He's atoned. He's covered. He's, he's wiped him away. But understand, when you do sin, there are consequences. You try to tell people that every single sin recorded in Scripture had a consequence for sin. Are you saying, Pastor, are you saying you're going to be perfect? I'm not saying you're going to be perfect or sinless. Your responsibility is to reveal God despite the challenge. You can do it. His grace is sufficient for you. You've got to keep yielding to him. You will grow and you will change. And the things he loves, eventually you'll love. You just got to keep pushing forward. You can't get enough of God. You can't get enough of him. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this church. And I ask you, Father God, our chief desire is to please you. Change us, Lord God. Encourage us. Help us to know that this is not just a made-up fantasy, Lord God, just some myths, but this is objective truth that is not changing. Help us be your church, Lord God, when a world is crazy, challenged. I pray, Father God, we'll be calm and light. I pray, Father God, the world will see our love, Lord. I pray if we have to do things in orthodox, unorthodox ways, Lord, because you've called us to do so, Father God, I pray we have the courage to stay committed to you. And I pray, Father God, once we step out there, we won't get proud. We'll remain humble, knowing, Father God, of our own issues first. We won't measure ourselves by them. We'll measure ourselves by you. And because of our need for more of you, Lord God, we'll stay humble and committed to your purpose and plan for our lives, for this community, for this church, for this world. In Jesus' name. This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish strong.